that very first day, and I, I kid you not, it, it was like women were lining up, and like I had said, we had walk-ins welcome, which we had to quickly take that down because women were actually making appointments and we couldn't actually get walk-ins in and I was having to explain to women, like, I'm really sorry, we just, we physically don't have any more space and it was just madness and I mean, it was crazy and we were like, holy shit, we're onto something and it was like, we couldn't believe it I mean, we were all crying that first day and of course we didn't know how big the opportunity was at that moment, but boy did we know we had hit something. Welcome to Innovators Uncensored, the fast company podcast that takes you behind the scenes of creative companies to make you smarter, more productive, and inspired as all get out. I'm John Converse Townsend, and today on the show, we're exploring cult brands, businesses that have achieved the sort of extreme and even irrational customer loyalty that executives and entrepreneurs dream of. You know a cult brand when you see one, or rather, when you hear about it, because its customers have made the leap and become brand evangelists, ambassadors, fanatics. But can you orchestrate that word of mouth marketing as a company? And how much of this devotion is accidental? There's a lot more on cult brands and brands that matter in the September issue of Fast Company magazine. But now let's hear from three companies known for their cult-like followings. Casper, the online mattress startup that just can't rest, SoulCycle, the spin class exercise chain, and Drybar, which has built a strong presence around providing salon blowouts. We'll kick things off with Fast Company's Amy Farley on stage at our Innovation Festival in New York. Speaking with founder of Drybar, Ali Webb. That's who you heard at the top of the show. People have embraced Drybar. It's part of their weekly, sometimes even daily routine. Um, when did you realize that you were creating something that was going to sort of draw people in and, and become a behavior? We didn't invent blowouts. We just created a much better experience for consumers to come in and get them and made it affordable. And I think it was very early on, I was operating, I've been a hairstylist for 20 years, but I've been, I was operating a mobile blow-dry business in LA and decided I got so busy that I needed to open a brick and mortar. And I mean, truly we were, we, we thought this would be my little business. I'd pick up my kids from preschool and that would be my life. And then when we opened it, we realized there, there was this need and women loved the idea of being able to, to look great on a Tuesday afternoon, it wasn't just, it, they could afford it. it. It was in a beautiful space. And there was two bad choices out there. There was, you know, the high-end salons that were overcharging for a blowout and the stylist didn't want to do the blowouts. Or there was the discount chains, which are in New York and LA and everywhere. But there was nothing in the middle. And so once women started experiencing this, they realized it was kind of an affordable luxury and they were, they were willing to spend, you know, a, f- a fragment of what they would at a normal Salon, and and it just it became this like addictive behavior, and you know the the confidence, as you know, when you get a great blowout is is pretty amazing, and so women were, good. were lining up. So we we like very quickly you know started opening more and more locations because we we realized we were onto something. SoulCycle CEO Melanie Whelan manages more than seventy five studios in fifteen markets. She's adamant that the product she's selling isn't about the bike; it's about the rider. Here's Amy again. Melanie, when, when we talk about SoulCycle, I wonder how you define what the product is, because it's much more than just a fitness class. It's a, you know, it's a life coaching event. It's a party. It's a community. It's all those things rolled into one. From the beginning, we have treated this as a live production. Every hour on the hour, it's curtains up, curtains down, and you have an instructor um, who is trained to lead a class. It's not just a great physical workout, but it's really about being an inspirational coach challenging you to do better in the room on the bike, um, as well as in your life, and to share these messages that you can translate out into your day-to-day to leave you feeling stronger and more inspired. You know, what we've seen over the last couple of years in particular 
as people have become so connected in the world, you know, they're really connected through devices, and what we believe consumers are really looking for is the opportunity to connect to other humans. And what SoulCycle does create in the lobbies of our studio is not just this incredible workout that's incredibly inspiring, but the opportunity to connect with people who are like-minded, who are also seeking uh, this, the same kind of experience. For Casper co-founder and CEO Neil Parikh, cult-level enthusiasm begins with the right product. And that product grows out of a deep understanding of the company's customers. We watch how people are sleeping. We figure out what are the key problems that are having and, and what's the key insight. When we realized that, by adding latex to the top, you can keep it hyper-breathable, you can actually make it a lot bouncier, and you can, um, because the materials are durable enough, put it into a box, you can solve a lot of key problems. Then we went into the design process and said, how do we execute on this? And then figure out, how do we scale that part of it? And that's gone through every product we've developed. So the sheets, for example, you think to yourself, like, how complicated can it be to make sheets? Like, it's weaving fabric together, right? There are people that sell billions of dollars of sheets. And we ended up putting humidity and dew point sensors on people's feet. And it, you may have noticed throughout the course of the night where, you know, you kind of peek your feet out underneath your duvet or your sheets. And we realized that what was happening is there was a spike in temperature and humidity over the course of the night as your body's auto-regulating temperature, where your body's trying to let that out. And the reason is we've been trained forever that high thread count is what you need to be sleeping on, right? Like hotel collection, more expensive. And it turns out that high thread count is actually bad for you because it's what's trapping all that heat inside of it. And so if you go with a higher grade cotton and a different weave, you can come up with sheets that actually sleep a lot cooler. Um, and as we've now tracked it over time, people sleep a lot cooler and a lot better. And that process took us 18 months. And so in everything we do, we're always trying to you know, watch how people are behaving, design against it, and then add a little bit of zing at the end. How do you um, position yourselves in the midst of sort of the larger conversation that's going on? Our front desk staff is really trained to get to know our riders, not just the size of shoe that they wear and the temperature they like their water, but where they're coming from, where their kids are, you know, if they're coming in late, what, what's happening in their personal life. And those relationships um, that start at our front desk create the foundation for what is that community element. What we find is that what is most effective for us, 70% of the people that come into SoulCycle who are new every month come from referrals. And I don't anticipate that changing, and we don't really want that to change, because this company was built, and this, the power of the brand was really built around the evangelist, evangelistic nature of the business, and our riders are the best marketers that we have. Beyond offering a great product, you need to deepen the relationship with customers through service that feels personal, not merely transactional. And that's what Drybar is doing. That's one of the biggest pillars of our success is, is the customer service and knowing, you know, we're a bar. So when people come in, like, you have to know their name and you have to know things about them. And I do think that that, that creates a loyalty and that keeps people coming back. But it, as far as communicating and, um, you know, I think it's this, the, the world, the social media world that we live in. And luckily, when people are done a dry bar, there's, there's a lot of selfies that happen in our bathrooms that, um, <laughs> that we love. Please post them. We will repost them. And it's a really great feeling because you, you feel so good about yourself and you want to post it and you want to share it with your friends and show them, you know, how good, how good you're feeling. And so that in and of itself has really helped us grow the business. But there's that kind of viral thing that happens where people want to share something they really love and they're, you know, they're, they're really passionate about. So I think that, that kind of word of mouth, which you know, we, this day and age of social media really, really helps right. perpetuate that. Customer service that feels individual, that lingers in someone's mind, is no accident. It's an outgrowth of a strong company culture. SoulCycle's Melanie Whelan explains. 
We empower everyone at SoulCycle to make the call in the moment. So we say we're a culture of yes, there's a yes in every interaction that you have. I might not be able to get you on that bike or you might not have liked that playlist, but I'm gonna find that yes for you. And even when you're part-time staff, when they come in their train that yeah, this is a culture of yes, it informs how we hire, how we train, how we develop, how we promote, and that sort of creates the entire vibe of the, the company. You have these um, employees, the fitness instructors and the stylists who are, you know, their job is very creative. They really sort of get in there and, you know, you're, you highlight your instructor's creativity on your app and your website. This is the playlist. This is their personality. Um, so you want that creativity to sort of channel that creativity, but you also need to create a consistent experience, especially as you're growing by leaps and bounds. How do you do that? What's the training process? And, or how do you seek out the people that can sort of um, be a, have their own brand and also be a part of this bigger brand? I think across the entire company, uh, we always hire for attitude and aptitude and less for experience. So we want someone, especially for our instructor training program, who can hold the energy of a space, who can lead a group of people, and who's genuinely inspired by their own um, music, their own experience that they're creating. And then we'll teach them everything that there is to know about the soul cycle method, the anatomy of the workout. Um, all of our training is created to be, we say, freedom within a framework. We train all of our operators in the same way. We train, train, train all of our instructors in the same way. But then we say, now it's yours to go and do how you want. So we've been able to scale this into 66 locations in 14 markets across the country. We see well over a million riders a year who are coming into SoulCycle, but every class is entirely unique. And ultimately, I think when um, the people that work at SoulCycle feel real ownership over the experience that they're creating, that there's a rock ride, and there's a house ride, and there's a country ride on the weekend, they feel real ownership and pride in what they're creating, and they're gonna bring a different level of energy to the experience that they're building. The same is true for employees at Casper. Even in the early days of the company, they understood the value in offering customers a touch of the unexpected. You know, we only had 40 beds when we first opened, and they were sold in like the first couple of hours. And then, because these products are made by hand, awesome. you know, it, it takes like you have to go. We had to go to South Carolina and train new sewers on like how to assemble a cover, and so you can't just overnight turn on you know millions of dollars of inventory. And this wasn't part of the plan originally, but it taught us that like, we have to make our customer's problem our problem. And that's what really good service is about, right? So to put it in perspective, you know, I, I remember this story where uh, you know, the phone calls all went to us, and it was like you know, 9 o'clock at night on a Friday, and UPS was supposed to deliver a mattress to someone who had you know, a pregnant wife who was going to come home from the hospital, and it's a new home, and they didn't have their mattress because somehow it didn't get delivered. And we're thinking to ourselves, like, oh my god. Like, they're gonna to have to sleep on the floor. Like, what the heck are we gonna do here? And it, we ended up putting them up in a hotel. For other people, you know, we ordered like tens of thousands of air mattresses from Amazon, and delivered them overnight to the point where Amazon was turning off our Prime accounts because they thought we were reselling air mattresses or something. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's just train our teams to always come up with creative ways to, to go above and beyond because what, you know, if we're all delivering experiences, then the experience is, the, is a, as much about the completion of the experience as it is just selling them the credit for the product in the first place. We, we always, you know, we, we kind of call our voice sophisticated whimsy where everything's a little bit fun and we don't take ourselves too seriously. And, you know, I think, I think our, our clientele appreciates that, you know, that we kind of tell it like it is. This is SoulCycle's Melanie Whelan again. We can't send too much stuff out. We have to be really sensitive about what we send, and we want it to be the kind of thing that people are kind of excited to open because there's something, you know, fun or kitschy in there, um, which I think goes a long way for, you know, people staying interested in your brand. And then on the flip side, when we're raising prices and we have to tell people about it, you know, we, uh, we, we, sent, I, we send a letter from me that I'm like, 
our rent went up, our bills are going up, we have to raise the prices. And that's, and that's the truth. And we're very transparent with our clients on the good and the bad of everything that we're doing. And I think that that also instills a lot of loyalty and brand equity where people are like, you know, we're just giving it to you straight. You may not like it. You may say it's too much. I'm not coming anymore. But it's just the nature of our business and we're, you know, we're not hiding anything. And I think that goes a long way. One of the hardest things to do is change people's behavior. Ask any entrepreneur or marketer, but that's what cult brands do. They introduce a change that customers embrace. Here's Ali Webb from Drybar. From the beginning, getting our stylists and our clients to get on board with not having one stylist because, you know, growing up my whole life and I'm, most women, like you went to your stylist, that you did your cut and did your color. And that we kind of had to break through that mold and say, we just want you to come to Drybar and just trust us that no matter which stylist you're with, it's going to be great. For us, it's very much about fun because forever we've been trained that sleep is a negative thing, right? That it used to be, I'm cool because I sleep four hours a night or you know, my parents punish me and therefore I have to go to bed as a punishment. And so we're trying to unwind a lot of the psychology and convince people like we should be proud of the fact that we want to sleep eight hours a night, that we should be excited by it, we should invest in it. And so you know, the way to do that is to get people excited and to have fun, very similar. opened in Los Angeles um, in the winter of 2012. Once again, Melanie Whelan, and she's talking about when she realized SoulCycle had become a cult brand. And I went out for the one-year anniversary in the winter of 2013, and that was really the pivot moment for us. Uh, walking into that lobby and having it feel as if it were a New York studio, it was packed. We had the mayor of West Hollywood come down. But walking into the lobby that morning and feeling the energy of those riders and the passion they felt, I felt like I was sort of on the outside of the community. I was like, no, I work here too. Um, that was really the moment where we knew, okay, we, we've got a national brand here, here and something that we can scale. For me, it was a couple things. So. You know, for one, when the unboxing video started going up, it started getting a little bit crazy. You know, we, so the biggest thing that people had said when we were raising money and starting was, who's ever gonna, first of all, no one's gonna buy a mattress online, and two, no one's ever gonna share that they bought a mattress online. Like, that's a stupid and dumb idea. And then we got to like 100,000 unboxing videos, and then it started going crazy, right? Because everyone wanted to show their friends and whatever, and I remember just being really inspired that people would take videos and share that. That was amazing. It was awesome. For Drybar, as CEO Ali Webb described at the start of the show, it was madness right from the start. That very first day, and I, I kid you not, it, it was like women were lining up, and like I had said, we had walk-ins welcome, which we had to quickly take that down because women were actually making appointments, and we couldn't actually get walk-ins in, and I was having to explain to women, like, I'm really sorry, we just, we physically don't have any more space, and it was just madness, and I mean, it was crazy, and we were like, holy shit, we're onto something. And it was like, we couldn't believe it. I mean, we were all crying that first day. And of course, we didn't know how big the opportunity was at that moment, but boy, did we know we had hit something. And it was really exciting. And then, and then it became this, like, we have to prove the concept. If you're like Allie or Melanie or Neil, well, congratulations. You've created a brand that customers love. Just don't get too comfortable. Neil explains. Like 90% of mattresses are still bought in, in, 
in person, you know, in a store at one of those places. And so that's the real competition. I think the thing that's interesting about all of us is that we're all very execution-driven businesses, right? I think the competitive advantage ends up being, can you deliver an amazing experience over and over and over again? And the analogy I use for anyone that starts on our customer experience team is, we're like, we're trying to develop the Michelin-starred restaurant companies. You know, it's very easy, not very easy, but somewhat easy to cook a meal in your own home once for your friends. To do that 500 times a day or 5,000 times a day, 365 days a year, is a totally different problem. And that'll be our competitive advantage, and I think for all of us, our competitive advantage is that, you know, when you care, you have the right values, you find the right people, and we can train them to do it over and over and over again so that our millionth customer has the same experience, if not a better experience, than our, you know, 10th customer. That's going to be the reason we win. That concludes our inside look at some of America's cult brands. If you've enjoyed today's show, don't miss our special report on building a brand that matters in the September issue of Fast Company Magazine. We cover 25 companies that are delivering delight and meaningful impact. Basically, the hottest, coolest, biggest, and newest companies that consumers love to love because they stand for something more than what they sell. We'd also love to hear your thoughts. Which brands have won your irrational loyalty and why? Let us know on Twitter with the hashtag BrandsThatMatter. And thanks for listening. Until next time, this has been John Converse Townsend for Innovators Uncensored.